This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. I love to come to church. I'm going to tell you why. Uh, because I love, uh, I love my church. I, I love uh, the church that Jesus is building. It is His church. Really, these words are taken from Him. Jesus loves His church. Uh, we're going to read out of Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. Of the Message Bible says, That's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here. With as much right to the name Christian as anyone, God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here and what he is building. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day. A holy temple built by God. All of us built into it. A temple in which God is quite at home. Now, listen, don't don't excuse and lose out. Don't excuse yourself from this verse of Scripture. Uh, Include yourself. Include yourself. Don't excuse and lose out excluding yourself, but find a reason. The Bible says very plainly here, you belong here. You, God purposed you. God meant you. And God planned for you to be a part. And no one else can do your part. No one's quite like you. If you're not, if you're not uh, belonging, uh, if you're not being a part, then there's something missing. There's something broken. So find a reason. You belong here. Uh, you know, uh, get in on it. Get in on it. There's some stuff that we have to purpose to. I'm going to get in on that. Amen. You know, uh, I remember as a, uh, you know, someone as an outsider, uh, God had, had uh, placed on a job uh, a witness uh, for me that was just exactly what I needed. This young guy was just exactly what I needed so I wouldn't have an excuse. God, God, God put him there for a reason, and it was to deal with my excuse. And, uh, and boy, I saw, you know, a reality in a relationship, in his relationship with God that was undeniable. It was just undeniable. He knew God. He said, he knew God. And I didn't. Uh, and I really didn't want to. And I didn't like him. But, you know... Uh, uh, that didn't matter to God. Um, God wanted me to get in on it. He wanted me to be in on it. So I've learned to include myself as a whosoever will with God and in his greater work in the, uh, in the earth. You know, the choice is ours. We can, we can choose. You know, it's an excuse when we say, well, you know, uh, the weather, uh, the dog, my mother-in-law, my wife. My work, my you know all this other kind of stuff that 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 is, and you know is an excuse, uh, you know, to not walk with God ourselves, to uh, to let all of those other things determine our measure that we bring to God. 
And, you know, God will work with whatever measure uh, we give him. Some people think it's all on God. No, boy, I'll tell you, a lot of it's on us. God's, God's come as far as he can. He reaches across the fence and he says, look, I've made a way. But you've got to come a little way yourself. You've got to come. You've you got to draw near and God will draw near to you. All right? So don't excuse yourself. Members of God's family. Family is the reason for creation. And it's such an appropriate song uh, because today's about father and family and his family. You know, family is the reason for creation. God is first and foremost a father. Religion leaves him as, as God, gold. And uh, Jesus cut cross grain to that because... He started talking about God as his father, and there was a huge contention. That was a big issue. You know, I mean, that was blasphemous to call God your father. He's God, okay, to be feared and to be obeyed and to be, and, and all of that, that's true. But realize that, you know, uh, he's all of those things, and we, and we should, you know, we should have honor and respect for God. We should obey God but because he's a loving father and we're his children. Amen. God is first and foremost a father. His greatest desire is for a family. That's why he created the earth and mankind. His desire is so strong that he was willing to give his only son. If we can grasp the heart of a loving father who cherishes his family above all else and will at any cost preserve and protect them, then we're just scratching the surface of of the Father's heart for the church. I'm going to read a little story here to you. It, it exemplifies in, uh, very well, and I'm going to share a scripture with you uh, about uh, the, the Father, about God. Now listen, the scripture says uh, in, uh, um, in one place, it says the children of Israel, that they... they saw God's works, they saw his hand, but Moses understood God's ways. Moses knew God's heart. See, it's possible to live life just looking for a hand out or a hand up from God and never really want to be after his heart. And I believe that that would be living in a lot less than what God desired God intended what God purposed for our lives. Amen. You know, there are sometimes that Sandy and I, in living together, in a, you know, obviously this is, you know, the highest relationship that we have on this earth, apart from our relationship with God, is with our mate. There's there's no more intimate, uh, uh, no no greater relationship uh, than. Uh, marriage. Matter of fact, uh, God uh, uh, outlines that in the Bible and says it's a great mystery. Uh, even the uh, the way God has designed the church that there'll be this marriage supper of the Lamb. He calls the church the bride of Christ. Why? Now, before you misunderstand what that uh, what that means, He said there is no higher relationship than uh, a man and woman. Uh, in marriage, and there's no higher, greater relationship when that same when that same uh, uh, level and measure is applied to uh, how God feels and how God deals with His church. Glory. 
with his people. He goes, that's the measure and the level of relationship that I want to have with my people. All right? The highest, the highest level of relationship that can be known. Now, let me read the story. On December 7, 1988, an earthquake devastated the northwestern section of Armenia, killing an estimated 25,000 people. In one small town just after the earthquake, a father rushed to his son's school only to find that the school had been flattened. There was no sign of life, but he had no thought of turning back. He had told his son, no matter what, I'll always be there for you when you need me. Though his prospects appeared hopeless, the father began fervently removing rubble from where he believed his son's classroom had been. Other forlorn parents only wailed hopelessly, my son or my daughter. Some told the father to go home and there was, that there was no chance that any of the children could be alive. Yet he replied, I made my son a promise that I'd be for him any time he needed me. I must continue to dig. Courageously, he worked alone. No one volunteered to help him. He simply had to know for himself, is my boy alive or is he dead? Finding strength and endurance beyond himself, the faithful, loving father continued to dig for eight hours, for 12 hours, for 24 hours, even for 36 hours. Then in the 38th hour, as he heaved away a heavy piece of rubble, he heard voices. Armin, he screamed. A child's voice responded, Dad, it's me, Armin. Then I, then I told the other kids not to worry. I told them that if you were alive, you'd save me. And when you saved me, they'd be saved. You promised you would always be there for me. You did it, Dad. Moments later, the dad was helping his son Armin and 13 more frightened, hungry, and thirsty boys and girls climb out of the debris. Free at last, when the building collapsed, these children had been spared in a tent-like pocket. When the townspeople praised Armin's dad, his explanation was, I promise my son, no matter what, I'll be there for you. We can see a lot of things in this story, but I want to pull out a principle here that, uh, and show you the heart of the Father, but also show you how God lives. And I believe that uh, it's exemplified in Jesus. I also uh, believe that it's, that it's something that should become how we live as well. Your breakthrough is in the follow-through. Your breakthrough is in the follow-through. You know, Jeremiah the prophet said it best. It's over in about chapter 33 or 34. It says, he prayed to prayer, Dear God, my master, you created earth and sky by your great power. By merely stretching out your arm, there's nothing you can't do. You're loyal in your steadfast love to thousands upon thousands. Great and powerful God. Named God of the angel armies. Now listen to this descript of God. Determined in purpose and relentless in following through. He goes on. You performed signs and wonders in the country of Egypt and continue to do so right into the present. Right here and everywhere else too. You've made a reputation for yourself that doesn't diminish you brought your people out of slavery and bondage with signs and wonders, a powerful deliverance. Amen. To the present day. 
to anyone that will simply ask and believe. Family is a prince is the principal unit in society and the strongest. Now, in uh, some people would beg to differ in the circumstances and situations that we see ourselves in today. Family has been uh, redefined. Uh, you know, uh, uh, it's really kind of uh, broken uh, to some degree, fragmented uh, in the world that we live in uh, today. Yet, when still, when you see one husband and one wife together with each other raising their kids, it's still the strongest Amen. Uh, unit uh, in all of the other stuff. Because God designed it so. Amen. Now remember, I like the verse of scripture where, that we read right at front. It says, it doesn't matter how we got here. we all been through some stuff to get here. We all come broken and need to be made whole. Amen. But have no doubt about it. God's going to make it whole. Amen. He'll just... He'll just work all that worked against you. He'll make it work together for good. And there will be wholeness in our life. Amen. Because, yeah, I'm going to tell you what now, you know, uh, uh, time is water under the bridge. It's gone. You can't get it back. What's happened has happened. It's water under the bridge. It's on its way. Through your, maybe into your life, through your life, but beyond your life. Amen. And there's fresh and new coming your way from God. Amen. That's the wonderful thing about God. It says His mercies are new every morning. Amen. You may go to bed and have the worst day of your life, you know, but in the morning, you know, there's a fresh flow of mercy from God. And that's water under the bridge. It's on its way. It's on its way somewhere else. Amen. And you can hop in the boat and try to catch up with it. You could dip your bucket down, build a dam, and I mean, you know, the beavers will move in with you, snakes and possums and all kind of stuff will come around. You know, you build a dam of, of all, all the trouble I've seen. See? Just build a monument to it. You know, let it cover, flood the whole place. Out with, let it go. Let it go. Just let the past go. Amen. That's what God does with it. The past lets it go. No matter how we got here, we belong here. Here we are with God, fresh and new. Amen. Amen. Ready to start again. I can't tell you how many times I've had to tell Miss Sandy, I'm sorry. You know, we love one another. Still, she's misunderstood me at times. I can tell when she misunderstands me. Her, her eyes flare. And, and, and she gets this look on her face. And she goes, why do you look like a deer in the headlights? I said, maybe because I am. <laughs> Man, have you ever said anything? You go, whoops, whoops, oh, wow. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. I, sh- I, sh- I don't want to be interpreted in that way. There have been times I've had to catch a hold of her and just tell her, now listen, you know, uh, it looks bad. But I'm telling you, here's where my heart is. I would never intentionally hurt you. I love you. I am not against you. I am for you. I want to do life together, but we can't do it in disagreement. We're, 
we're not the enemy of each other. We're the best friends that each each other has. Amen. You know, you kind of have to determine to to stay with it, like that dad digging for, because the breakthrough's in the follow through. I sure am glad that we followed through for 42 years here. Amen. It's wonderful, isn't it? We're having a lot of fun. Amen. We really are. I think she actually enjoys me sometimes. <laughs> I told her this week, I'll tell you what. Now, you know, I can't imagine. I mean, I pray for these folks in Florida. pray for the folks in Carolina. We, Our fridge, just our fridge was on the fritz for a, about a week and a half. And I mean, it would just wear on you, not having a refrigerator working right. You know, folks without... Uh, shelter, folks without their entire life. Some people lost everything. I mean, and people lost loved ones and stuff. You know, we need to be uh, prayerfully involved. And, and uh, uh, um, I know there's some things happening in the community where they're gathering water and different things like that. Participate in those things. You know, be, be sensitive to... Uh, to people. A, a lot of times, sometimes obeying God boils down to the, you know, uh, you'll wonder, say, well, I wonder, you know, is that God telling me to go or to do this or that, you know, where someone else is concerned? Because you don't want to overstep your bounds sometimes and things, but a lot of times the deciding factor for me is the Lord will say, well, if it were you, if you were there, if you were them, would you want someone to come and to do? All right. Uh, <clears throat> the five primary functions of family are relationship. Uh, and, you know, uh, you know, I th- sometimes Sandy will, I'll be in my office, and she's in the kitchen, and she will send me a text a text. She'd go, did you get my text? I'd go, no, why? I'm in my office. You were in the other room. Why are you sending me a text? Because this is how we relate to one another. See, you know, we're, we're relating in the modern language. You text me. It's like, no, you come in and talk to me face to face. Amen. That's a whole lot more fun. I sent you a picture. Did you see the picture? Anyhow, right. you know, you can have whatever relationship works for you where that's concerned, you know. But I'll tell you, up, up, uh, in person is so much more fun. And so you say, well, you know, I can't see God face to face. You don't really have to. He's closer than your breath. He's in you. He's in you. And he won't send you a text. He'll just talk to you. He sent us. He sent us the greatest text in the world. You want you want words on you want to read words. Here it is. How am I gonna ever know God? See, relationship is it, the Bible talked about Adam and Eve. It said Adam knew his wife. And, you know, one translation says uh, had sexual intercourse, but here's the thing. It's way beyond that. It, there was an intimacy into each other. They see they were together, together. The husband-wife relationship. You know, uh, it it requires relationship requires a certain degree of vulnerability. You know, a lot of times, you know, uh, we when we were in Texas, uh, 
and I'll tell you why we went to Texas. Uh, you know, we went there. Uh, God had one plan. We had another. We thought, you know, we're just going to go to a big place and, and, you know, be in a big opportunity and we'll, we'll have a big church and do things like that. And we got down there. It was like uh, the, the, you know, uh, I really didn't want a pastor anymore. I, I, you know, I really discovered that I really didn't like people. I really didn't like church people. Matter of fact, they were a thorn in my side and a prick in my eye. And when I finally realized that, I thought, good God Almighty, I've got the perfect opportunity to just get in a big fish and sail away. Just run the other way. And I did. Amen. And I'm going to tell you what, all the while, you know, we went to, and now listen, this is no fault of their own, but we hunted some churches to go to where that were big so we could hide. We'd li- I'd leave early because I had to, quote, drive the truck. You know, that truck was the, 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 uh, the big, big fish. I'd get in the belly of that thing and run, man, run, run, run. But you know what? I remember one time I got way up there on the backside of nowhere. I mean up there, just disgusted with everything, everyone. You know, uh, up, on the, uh, up in Chicago. I ain't got no business in Chicago. <laughs> Had to spend the whole weekend playing my guitar and complaining to God, you know. And, uh, and, 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 you know, and you're running as far from the voice of God as you can, and all of a sudden God says, what are you doing here? I thought, you know what I'm doing here? They not sent me up here with a junk load of bricks and da 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 He goes, you ain't supposed to be here. And it wasn't about the physical location. He said, what are you doing here? And the here was he had located me. You know, and he wasn't condemning. I didn't feel condemned. I really didn't even feel convicted. I mean, I had enough relationship with God where I told God, I don't like people. Your people. And as far as I'm concerned, you tricked me. If you had told me this is how it's going to work out, I wanted to hitch to, I'd have never signed on the dotted line, son. I mean, I didn't like everybody. Some of you were like, oh, I would never not like God. I've not liked him. But he ain't never stopped loving me. I believed, I believed lies about God, but God has never stopped believing the truth that he knows about me. relationship that's the kind a real one a reality reproduction in a natural family that's the natural result of love between two people in the kingdom of God the natural result for your life in loving God is that you want to share that love that you found in God with other folks and you want them to experience and know the love that you've been loved with. And just sharing with people what's happened to you. You're born again. Discovering relationship life with God. You'd be surprised at the number of people that are looking for that. That want that. And when it's a real thing, it's not a hard sell. Nurture and development of the young. It's about growth. Everyone say it's about growth. 
provision and protection. You know, God is uh, God is uh, a supplier, but He's also a sustainer. God can keep you. God can not only get you; God can keep you. You know, I thank God that God got me. That's what I say. I got got by God. I wasn't even looking for Him. He was hunting me. Amen. But you know, God can keep you. God can keep you. And at 59, I got saved when I was 23. You do the math now. God can keep you. And we need keeping. Amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> you know, the purpose of family uh, is, is it's a context. It's to know God and to find uh, freedom. You know, well, God gives us little birds and we hold the eggs and then they hatch and we hold them so tight but they start wiggling, don't they? And then little by little, God didn't intend they ever stay just in the nest. He wants them to fly away, have little birds, and fly back home for Sunday supper. Be one big happy family living happily ever after. God wants us to discover purpose and to serve others. That's all the context of family in the church. The church is above all else family. We have organization, programs, and ministries, but they are not why we exist. We exist to be family and to do the will of our Father. Family is who we are. The will of the Father is what we do. We worship, we pray, we learn and grow, we teach, we serve, we give. All these are expressions of who we are, but they are not uh, they are not who we are. Family is who we are. And we do these things. The family of God. See how very much our Father loves us. For he calls us his children. And that is what we are. That's in 1 John 3 and 1. The Father's family rules. Let me tell you the number one rule uh, in the, for the family of God is that we love. Let's love. Let us love. That's it. We're called, we, are, we are called the beloved. The beloved of God. It's a, it's a, it's kind of a religious word until you separate it out. God is saying, "Be loved." All right. I want you ever in this this perpetual state of be. B is is you could just go e e e e e e e e e e e out for infinity, but it has the connotation of becoming, always becoming. The loved of God. We're always in this process of discovering how deep, how wide, how high throughout eternity, the Bible says, of how much we be loved by God. Glory. Amen? So, we, so the family of God is where we learn to love. We are loved and we learn to love. You know, I had to learn to love uh, uh, Sandy, uh, you know, uh, appropriately. You know, I mean, you, we can have our version of, you know, well, you know, uh, she knows I love her. And if she does everything right, I'll probably keep on loving her. Well, she, you know, she's done almost everything right. But occasionally she slips up and, and, and I have to choose to love her. Not just feel to love her. And, you know, uh, she's had a lot more difficult because it's the other way around for me. Occasionally I get something right. <laughs> Most times I mess up. And so I've learned to love a lot just by watching her love and how she loves me. 
I remember one time saying, God, I don't love like that. I mean, you know, I don't. Remember, I hate people for the most part. <laughs> and, and you're some kind of like this with me sometime, God, you know. Oh, come on. Uh, but above all else and before all else, love. You know, it's our, it's, it's our choice, but it's also our responsibility. And this is the only thing we're commanded to do. We're commanded to love God and to love other folks as, as we love ourselves or we allow God to love us. Just let that love uh, out there. We're not called to change people. I mean, Sandy has tried for years to change me. Years, years, years and years and years. And finally, you know, she just has decided she would just love me and let God change me. And you know what? I mean, that works a whole lot better, don't it? Has God changed me over the years? No, really, honestly, has he? You still got some projects you're working on? Yeah, (laughs) I know. See, because this is a woman that we get out of the car and we walk you know, up the walkway, and she goes, you know, that, that, that limb needs to be picked up, and that, boy, that dog cage needs to be moved, and we turn around the corner, I'll say, but did you notice how I trimmed all this up? And she goes, and you know what, you need to do this and that. Four things before we get in the house. The day's over. It's dark. I'm just trying to get in the house. I don't want to have projects when I'm getting ready to go to bed. Amen? So I don't doubt whatsoever that she could sit there and go, yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, God's done some things, but now there's this, 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 and this. In this, but it's God's job to change us. We just love, let God change folks. Amen. Let God change you. Just let God change you. You probably, all of us have parts, uh, you know, in our life that, you know, that we might not like and we'll just so hard, you know, plastic surgery. Uh, people are making millions of dollars off of folks that just need to just, you know, honey, uh, you know, just accept it and go on. Amen. Amen. All that sucking and tucking, you know. Uh, just, you know, just be he- be happy. You'll be healthy. You'll be all right. Amen. Are you listening? Well, I look like an apple. Well, it's better than, you know, I, I guess that's better than looking like a stick. I don't know. You know, the apple people don't want to be a stick, and the stick people want to be an apple. Just be you. Amen. 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 Just be you. God needs apples. He needs sticks. How can you say that? Because I'm going to be happy. Amen. I get on the scale and just say, oh, praise God. It ain't what it used to be. I mean, when I quit worrying about it, you know, uh, and started focusing on being happy, I got healthier. Because, Because when it's in the right order on the inside, it'll spill over on the outside. You know, Sandy go, we're not supposed to eat that. That's not good for us. I say, talk for yourself, woman, now, in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, this is good. This is good, and it's good for me, and I'm going to eat it. You're going to eat that? Because I'll eat yours, too. I believe it's good. Amen. All right. <laughs> Moving right along. We're digressing here bad, aren't we? Uh, we is more important than me. Now, see, there's some things, and I'm having to learn this, and this is love. There's some things that Santa, you know, uh, uh, I won't do because it offends her. You know, 
in, in a lot of little ways. It's like, I could do that, I could eat that, I could drink that, I could do this or be that or whatever, because after all, I can justify however I want to feel, however I want to do. But now, you know, we is more important than just me. That's right. There's some things, you just suck it up, tuck it up, take it, and be quiet. Just be quiet. Amen. Are you here? Just pray about it. Preferring other folks. Every member matters, but never more than the family. Who we are together is greater than who I am by myself. I'm a stone, but we are a temple. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone with Christ Jesus as a cornerstone that holds all the parts together. You know, um, I... You know, I have taken it on myself. I, let me tell you how I got to really not like people. Seems to be a theme today. Perhaps you might be here and you really don't like people neither. Yeah, if you smile, no one will know that you don't really like people. <laughs> it's a lot more fun loving people. Actually liking people, looking for, you know. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, folks are folks. You look long enough. I remember when we got saved or a preacher held their arm. He goes, now, if you look long enough and close enough, you're going to find something wrong. You know, I mean, you know, I was wrong somewhere <laughs> going to happen. May, hey, are you here? Uh, but that's true. But, you know, look for the good stuff. Look for the good. There's, you even think about, you think about your worst enemy, the people that you don't like the most. You know, probably the only difference between you loving them or hating them is just imagine what they would be like if Jesus had his way with them. If they knew Jesus and were loved by Jesus, how different they would probably be. Amen. Amen. It makes it a little easier for us then, doesn't it? All right. Oh. Uh, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. Mer- I, I, I like this, that God, this, God's not uncomfortable around me. He's not uncomfortable around you. Uh, I'll hang around with people, and they're, they're just like I used to be, you know, I mean, uh, uh, you know, cursing and blowing and, you know, talking this and that. I don't always tell people that I'm a preacher because they get religious real quick. <laughs> Oh, I didn't know you were a preacher. Well, would you have acted differently if you knew I was a preacher like you're doing right now? Now that you know you're acting differently, just be you because I'm going to be me. I'm not uncomfortable around anybody. Amen. I can be around all kind of people because if you love them, isn't that right? Hallelujah. Well, you know, those people hurt me. Oh. Here's the thing. You're not you're gonna if you have an unrealistic expectation that people are gonna never disappoint you, never hurt you, never bang into you, never be rude or rough with you, then then you know, and especially in the church. I didn't just hate. I, I really thought that when you know, I, I appreciated people that were just cold out there in the world, you know. I mean, you know, uh, didn't didn't know God. it was these lukewarm people that church people that I really didn't like. But the other thing as a pastor, I felt like that I had to fit everybody in and keep everybody together. And, you know, that, it, it, that, that people's personal failures were my failures as a pastor. And I learned that's not the truth. Now, you, you know, hey, the only, I remember walking across the lawn. You know, there's a lot of pressure on, uh, 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 on, on uh, 
religiously on preachers sometimes, you know. Nickels and noses. You're successful if you have excellent, you know, you do the measurement, you know. And, and the Lord told me one time I was walking across the line, it bothered me, you know, because God was dealing with me about false measurements in my life. I was walking across the line, he said, you know, the only number you can control is yours. He goes, you show up, you do, you do what you do with your money, that's it. That's it. That's all you're really responsible for. Amen. Boy, it was freeing. That way when I looked out there and so-and-so wasn't here. Oh, my God, I got to call so-and-so. Now, we should call and check up on people and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, whether you do or whether you don't, you're the whosoever will of your own life. And I'm the whosoever will of my life. Amen. I'm going to live happily ever after. If you want some of that, I'll share with you. Amen. We want you to be happy too. Because when you love people, you want to share the good stuff with them. Amen? All right. We are each apart. Mercy trumps judgment every day. Uh, you'll find that if there's any way that God can show you mercy to keep you from judgment, and the way to do that, just judge yourself. You won't have to be judged if you judge yourself. And keep away from judging other folks. Just stay away from judging other folks. You're going to be, you're going to be very unhappy in your life if, if, if you become the yardstick for their life. Amen. Well, I think they should. It's like it really don't matter. Are you listening? It honestly doesn't matter. You know, there are times, even, you know, I learned that from my little dogs. I've got, you know, I'll be calling their name. They'll be walking up the driveway. It don't matter. Your opinion sometimes just don't matter about what other folks, where other folks are concerned. The only thing that we hold, we're going to love them and God will work on them. And if we'll keep loving them, that love won't fail. And if they won't listen to me one way, I can pray and they can't get away from me that way. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. You're just stuck with me. God, your kingdom come, your will be done in their life every day. Amen. All right, no matter where you've been or what you've done, this is still your home. God is building a home, his family. The family is still your home. You belong. doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done. The, the run to God. Never run from him. Run to him. Always know which direction to go and run to God. Don't run from him. Amen? All right, uh, you are never alone, and we will always believe in you. You're never alone. God is always with you. If everybody else forsakes you, God's always going to be there. Amen. God will never give up on you like that dad was doing that. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.